0: Welcome to Living Holistically with Dane and Indy,
1: where we empower you with the tools and knowledge of some of our favorite experts to help create your optimal health and lifestyle.
0: We're your hosts, parents to three chickens and a dog in the hills of Melbourne, novice gardeners and health coaches serving other couples.
1: Thank you for being here today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Mason Taylor. We jumped straight back into where we left off last week, so if you haven't already, we highly recommend listening to part one first. As always, make sure to check out the show notes for everything we talk about today. And if you'd like to try any of the Superfeast products, including some of our favorite tonic herbs and mushrooms, head on over to superfeast.com.au and use code HOLISTIC10, that's H-O-L-I-S- T I C one zero to get ten percent off your order. This is this this is just the space that we're, we're so passionate to talk about as well. I'm so glad that you were so much in the same wavelength or just with everything with everything you mentioned before. That it's that extreme way that people do things as well. But this is just our personal approach as well uh, that we want this sort of sustainable way of doing things. But again, we're not attached to this certain way of us living and that, that does change. You've mentioned it so perfectly too, is that seasonal shift as well. So it's funny sometimes we, I catch ourselves talking to Indian being like, oh, today we're eating vegan. And then, now we're a carnivore because our diet just fluctuates consistently, but we don't—we're not attached to any way of it. So if I eat but tempeh, people often
0: ask, "They're like, so are you vegan?'" Yeah.
1: So if I take a picture <laughs> of eating tempeh, we... I must be vegan, right? Or if I eat some beef with the beef liver, I must be a carnivore. Like they—we can't. People can't really get their heads around being like, "Oh, I'm just—I flow through multiple mm. seasons, or we flow through." I multiple see the seasons. benefits
0: in different types of foods, and I don't have to attach myself to one type of food, um, for my body, there's seasons in life and there's seasons, you know, in a year, of course, that we go through. So it's kind of, and a lot of those different diets set out, they can almost sort of fit more with a certain season of the year. So, oh, sure. you know, that's a,
2: that's
1: a huge mm, piece.
0: Yeah. you might I be mean, like, you more know. raw, you know, vegan looking well, in your food. We were thinking like about summer. up here in the mountains
1: here in winter, it gets yeah. quite cold. And if you're eating raw vegan up here in these, oh, in this climate it would be no just wreak havoc on your body <laughs> uh, just from the space that we're in a cold environment. So, the animal fats and the, um, they serve like enormously for our health as well and and we're conscious of that as well as our environment shifts or even mm. as our like lives shift as well we go into and what your different- body's
0: yearning for you know dane said it the other day he's like oh i'm just really starting to crave some butter like it's getting cold yeah. it's you know not consciously it's <laughs> yeah, getting yeah, cold but like yeah you know that's obviously one
1: <laughs> and ghee as well yeah. and stuff. so yeah it's um it gets yeah. the whole that whole area as well as we we Connected Me resonates so much with that, is um, what you shared as well, that extreme ways of being, and we're so conscious of that in our environment, and I guess our approach is very much sort of a, um we try to have more of a balanced, sustainable way, but also there is no right way from our mm-hmm. perspective, and knowing that just, we're trying to get people to listen more to themselves and their bodies, and what do they need for their seasons, or whatever that looks like in their lives, or their goals as well, so. Seasonality is such a great way, like it's a,
2: such an, like an opening, I mean, and then you get to a point of life when, you know, as you kind of were like, you know, for me, it was like, You reach the 30s, you enter into a new season of life. And so if you have this intense amount of judgment about what's right and wrong in terms of living, you are going to start having some inner conflict and contradicting what you thought was healthy. And that might be through beliefs that you have or beliefs that you want to start letting go of. You know, you start. You might want to have a development to the way that you relate to, say, you know, I don't know, the conspiracy world's a great one. You know, a lot of the time, you can stay, you know, you can still stay connected to, you know, like the, you know, the conspiracy community, and but you know, you might not take as many like long jumps to conclusions, right? You might stay a little bit closer and grounded, and therefore you might not resonate with particular people in the community, and therefore you're not resonating with them. Therefore, you're kind of becoming a sellout. Then you're becoming you. Know, you might as well be an incel. You know, you like, you might as well be that guy that asked to be going get plugged back into the matrix, <laughs> it's all too hard, you know, because that's you, you've done that judging mm. and you know, the judging is going to, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to be the one, you know, you think that it's going to be them doing it, but it's not, it's you, you doing it. And so that's when it becomes, I feel like really dangerous because if you miss the opportunity to ground and then transition into another area of your life, because you've got an ideology and a belief system. You, you're gonna you're gonna get out of sync. You're gonna get out of sync with qi. You're gonna get out of sync with nature. Your your body's you know your body's qi. You're gonna get out of sync with the universe. You're gonna get out of sync with the yin yang fluctuations and transformation cycles of energy as they will go through um, your body and your organs. And and it's um it's very limiting. And so you know the, the blah blah blah. Don't you know don't you know no label attached just to me. Like you know eat what I want. You know that's. Everybody's different. It's like the best stepping stone. It's like it's like you you get there and you ground, and then and then you go. You keep on going, and you just go like because you watch yourself, then identify with that, and then that becoming the mission. And just a one that that has a little bit more freedom, and then that's what you have to work with then to go further to center, and then you keep on sharpening the sword. I think I don't know if that's truth or not, but I think and the seasonality is a really great one, and then really watch you know where. Where does your body, and I think psychology, but, you know, I kind of look at more at the organisation of chi as you go through the seasons, of you know, of your body, you know, you kind of like, you know, for me it's like really entering into a, you know, like a time of um, the um, the earth, you know. It's like, you know, you go from like a young spring, you know, like liver energy, you know, like sprouts when you're a kid into like the, the fires as you get a little bit older into like a, a, like a young adulthood and then you go imagine going you know going from fire to like a spleen earth grounded energy if you are identified feels like a fucking failure you are a fucking sellout and this is this is this is what i don't like about this health community because it's it's we're pick we're picking and i'm guilty we're picking parts of these huge complete wisdom traditions you know, these parts of cultures. That's why in the Superfeast, I'm doing the best I can to not just sell adaptogens, which is this cut out segment of herbalism. But I'm, I'm even though that's, you know, pe- probably not smart long term, but, you know, t- people are saying I'm stupid for not just becoming an adaptogen company when that's what the, the market understands. I say I'll use the word because I'm empathetic towards people needing to understand what I do. But what we do is Taoist tonic herbalism. Right. And so what, you know, the challenge has been for me in Australia, you know, but like it's inspiring for me watching like Ron Teagarden. You know, you're talking about like Truth Colkins and um, George Lamoureux and these and all the others, you know, and there's there's many of us now doing it, you know, but still educating the market about the the three treasures, the cultivation of treasures, the nature of yin yang energy, not fixing herbs with symptoms, not fixing, fixing, um, you know, just taking herbs to fix symptoms Starting to, you know, create a tactile in, you know, intention-led but perception-based understanding of weaving in practices and herbs sustainably, not in this big bang over, ye- you know, big bang of like taking heaps now over years and years, in order to support the transformation of yin yang energy as it goes through your organ systems, and that's all we're wanting. As it goes through the heart, we just want the transition um, of of chi to to transform with eloquence, it's between yin and yang as we go along and to get into that never-ending cycle. You know, that's a macro intention, which is a lot, you know, which takes our literally our whole lifestyle dedicated to do this, which, you know, that's takes a lot to educate about that. You know, we're trying to educate, and it's not about just qi, getting your qi healthy. is a concept which I've learned from, you know, um, a woman who's on my podcast, Rhonda Chang, you know. She's like, you know, all these practitioners and people, they don't understand about, you know, um, qi hua. And it's the, you know, that's the transformation of qi. And that's literally, you don't want the qi, you don't want to be focusing on the qi. You want to focus on the fact that the qi is stagnant because it can't transform and move. So qi hua. And she's like, you know, you go to all these hospitals in China and they don't understand. So Chinese medicine, you know, so it's like, I her books, uh, it's not this one, but um, she's got um, Chinese medicine masquerading as Yi, YI, and this one, um, Yin Yang Wu Xing, spirit, body and healing, Wanda Chang. Anyway, I'll just give her a little shout out, respect Wanda. Um, you know, but like that kind of stuff, it's hard for the educate a market about that. And it's helped. I'm like, I'm charismatic and good at communicating things that I'm into. So it's worked, you know, super feast has, you know, does not operate like a normal business in terms of having huge, you know, we don't blast the, everyone with these subtle, like, you know, adaptogens for stress, you know, even though I, find that, I, I find that relevant. And to an extent for people that don't know what they're talking about, like, we focused on, you know, just really you know, educating about philosophy and going and the herbs kind of fit in there. And somehow it worked. I'm really lucky it worked. I'm really lucky I'm good at communicating it because it's a really stupid way for most of the people to go, um, to go about it. But that is that falls in to um, basically what was would have been healthy for me moving into this you know this stage of life. you know it's it's grounded and, and for, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I knew that I just got a scalpel like Western medicine does and cut out a piece of the body. And analyze the piece of the body, not how it is in relevance to everything else. And that's what people do with health practices. Um, we all know we all know this. As you know, with the biohacking community knows it is trying to get back to center despite having hacking literally in the game, which is just you know, it, it, which it, that's going to have to change because subconsciously you're going to hit a glass ceiling with hacking being an intent. You are go- and rather than realizing there is a whole system there and and, and realizing that there's depths, multi, multiple dimensions, nuances. Um, that's what the health scene is kind of coming at all these angles trying to do this. And so all the infighting and tribalism is, um, it's really immature. Um, I get exactly. it because- We're all on the
0: same side. <laughs> like, we you
2: know, are, I get it because the yeah. extremists are coming in a lot of the time and doing the, this mass convincing and people who are kind of, maybe one a couple steps beyond that, they know the damage it's going to do. So they take it personally. And so they kind of react back because that's their mission. And as probably, and what I'd say is it's probably, it's more your job to realize there are going to be, no offense, we've all been there, low hanging fruit that go for that, but make sure that you're, you're staying calm and present and you know, giving retorts or rebuttals, but if you can do so, sometimes it's fun to be inflammatory, as you kind of, you can see when I'm on my Instagram, I love taking stabs. As long as I'm taking a stab at myself and then I, you know, and I've, I've had to really watch, it's been a good for me um, to, uh, you know, realize what I am actually doing there is identifying where I'm actually hostile or resentful or hung up or angry and then I can identify it, move on and then see if, can I move, can I not have the charge go out? And then I can have the charge go in and then that charge can go to my organs and I can, can cultivate some chi and hopefully then, you know, figure out how to be less of an asshole and more of an awesome person in life in general.
1: It is a constant battle, isn't it? I, I found myself along the way too that uh, ego part of me. Or I had that charge towards something I see out there and being like, oh, that's, I want to like call it out or I'm, like, I'm just like, it is, it's, it's a very delicate balance between letting go of their ego and the ego in a sense of being like having that sort of compassion understanding of we are on our own different journeys and different seasons as well. So not having that sort of like, Oh, I'm here and better. I know more than you, which can be difficult for me at times, even talking about blue blockers as well and seeing other companies and not trying to compare and being like, I'm in a different season and in a different level. and, And my, um, Business and how I do it is very differently how other people do it as well. And I resonate, we resonate a lot with your company, Superfeast, for the fact that you, you still have the ownership of it and you haven't scaled like crazy through investors, um, very much like me, like glasses as well. It's a very, very slow process. I believe it's more sustainable, um, it's more ethical and alignment with myself. And we're actually quite grateful that our friend, um, mutual friend Stefan introduced us to Superfeast as well because we were looking for an Australian company. We had, um, so Truth got us onto Jing Herbs and which were great, um, with the US dollar and shipping, it was just not an option anymore. And so we went to look for an Australian company and that was when we got introduced to Super as well. So we now, we, over time, we've shared this on Instagram, we share our, um, mushroom set up in the kitchen and it's pretty elaborate now. We've pretty much got- Yeah, it's all much- last night. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, pretty much- I'm on Super Instagram at the moment. That's yeah. my-
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't can't get out of that one, which I enjoy. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna have to continue to be the voice there. But yeah, I saw yeah. you. Know, it was like oh, a, a very very nice lineup. Yeah,
1: so we got a more. Even got the Mason jars to go with it as well. And we yeah. miron jars. Sorry, um, yeah, call them Mason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, miron jars. It was
2: very funny. They're like the miron. I just I was with the, the miron people yesterday, oh, really? and um and they're like, oh man, like everyone's like when they call us, they're like, oh, can we have those like jars that Mason uses? And They're like, no, they have a name. <laughs> Like, they're like yeah the super face jars they're like no it's like the mirror on jars that's our brand
1: like, <laughs> the Miron, i know but even nice. that just even that's incredible but even just our setup as well it's taken us time like we have we didn't buy every one of your um herbs or out there or even try every single herb straight up front and just ingest them ours is a very transitional sort of we slowly introduced all of them and even now i felt Rachi was i was for a good year i was this D- down in Reishi and felt drawn to it. And now I just have no drawing to Reishi right now. I'm taking in more deer antler and I'm like, but then I stopped no, no. We are so, in a
0: building phase, like business wise. Yeah.
1: So, so that's naturally. What I'm our intentions change, but also our seasons. So, knowing that, and you mentioned it before, it's not just loading up on one particular uh, herb and being like, oh, lion's mane's good for cognition. I'm just going to pump it every day. It's like, I actually yep. ask myself, I'm like, do I feel drawn to this today? And even yeah. smelling it, even taste of it, I'm like, oh, this tastes really good right now in this season or cordyceps. I'm like, I really want this right now. But then other times I'd be like, I don't want this. So, for us, it's very sustainable, and we just take small amounts and almost daily. And it does trans. We do transition between uh, which herbs we use, which tonic herbs we use as well. That goes into, um, I guess, super Feast as well because of we again we do like we love your mushrooms, and we do have some questions that we had some people come out as well um, from our community. That- and it's not
0: just mushrooms, of course. Like you've got a whole range of herbs and like superfoods yeah. to an extent again we
1: encourage people to um, really jump on the yeah. site and see because it, it, it's hard to sort of encapsulate it on to say yeah. oh it's just mushrooms but. but
0: do you well yeah
1: there's want to yeah, explain the saying,
0: hierarchy like, like sort of what's that, the hierarchy you know in t- and like uh, yeah. of herbs and yeah. superfoods yeah that's, that's yeah.
2: actually yeah good point I mean to just communicate it like the mm-hmm. hierarchy 2000 over 2000 years ago that we get the first materia medica and people were like why are you doing Chinese medicine you know it's like um, well, because they they've, they've, they've documented better than anyone else, they have a they have a um, they have terminology and descriptions more so than even though it kind of Taoism branched out of the the um, Aveda the Vedics um, the Vedas, um, it's they were the ones that documented over two thousand years ago. You get the Shen Nong Ben Sao Jing, and it's a, it has three classifications of herbs: lower, middle, up upper, upper or superior herbs. And though yeah, as you guys know, but yeah, they're the lower for real, like, you know, null you know, you need to move the the chi or oh, that person's gonna die, or just more extreme symptomology or disease states. in the middle is for like you know, either keeping disease states in check. You wouldn't take it if you're necessarily healthy long term, or again, symptomology and the superior herbs, although they can be used clinically and are used clinically a lot, they're superior because they also are like, you know, for lack of a better word, they're not exactly the, they're all they're not all adaptogens, but that's where the adaptogens fit people can start relate to, you know, a balancing of the HPA axis and your capacity. Handle internal stress, metabolic stress. Have your metabolism, you know, stay whether it's endocrine, nervous, or immunologically, um, you know, agile and adaptive. You know that uh, these herbs, and on a Taoist perspective, take them long term. Integrate them long term. The ones grandmas have put into soups and broths, and the Taoists would just drink, you know, drink tea, have their one bit of rice or one grain of rice a day, and then just smash <laughs> tonic herbs or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but um, and that's to cultivate um the treasures jing your genetic expression in the west but you know the strong bones strong foundations your capacity to not get exhausted and have foundations, so you don't degenerate physically so people degenerating because they lose their jing that lives in the kidneys chi our capacity to mobilize, move thought move the body move fluid heat up regulate the system so very important and um shen is bringing the spirit forth um you know bringing you know bringing a virtuous nature forth and an evolution of um of ourselves so that we become more wise and less of a you know less of an asshole and so that yeah that's the superior herbs and that's what we sell at super feast is that mushrooms are a big part of it the tree mushrooms the psychedelic ones um and then yeah but yeah barks berries deer antler velvet where the deers um aren't, aren't killed everybody just in case you know you're, you're wondering there and there's a um, there's a video on, on in Superfeast with me at the farm in China in um, Heijongjiang, and I think, um, and uh, yeah, you. Can, so anyway, that's a little side note.
0: This episode is brought to you by Barclay Eyewear, the only blue blockers created by a health professional, and that will protect you from day to night from the harmful spectrums of artificial light. If you haven't heard what all the fuss is about, make sure you check out Season 1, Episode 6, where Dane and I delve into all things light and circadian rhythms to understand why these are a game-changer for your health. And to say thank you for your support, we've got an exclusive discount of 15% off if you use the code HOLISTIC15. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-1-5. Just head to com. That's B-A-R-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E- K-L-E-Y-E-Y-E-W-E-A-R.com.
1: That's a good point because people see Durantland, they're like, oh no, it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's another part too, it's sustainably harvested and even most of your mushrooms too, either wild or semi-wild harvested as well and knowing it's your very
0: small farmers
1: deep but- understanding of that as well like trusting yourself behind that like knowing that it's not just you're just a just a company that's just pumping it because it's popular right now it's like you have a deep understanding of this which we respect and even more reason why we trust mm-hmm. it even more because it comes down to people there's so many mushroom companies out there it's like who do you trust where it's like you go to deep the source of it and like yourself, learning your approach to things as well, we resonate with that and we know we can understand that you have a deep understanding for this mm-hmm. and it's not just a business to make money. It's like you genuinely have a care for these and a deep understanding. So the questions we do have, do you want to ask a um,
0: couple yeah, of questions we like, have? Yeah, I know the, um, the herbs are based on the philosophy of um, detail. I don't know if I say that right. Uh, yeah, I do now. Um, which you probably want to explain better than <laughs> me. And sort of... I guess looking because people have questions around, you know, extraction, and how does you know that that ancient way come into it specifically with you know alcohol? So it's like alcohol and extraction versus like in you know say a tincture versus um, powdered extraction, um, and also standardisation. Like is standardisation of herbs, um, yeah, not it. Yeah, of
2: awesome. Great questions. Um, yeah, I mean, doing it traditionally, I mean, I don't like to beat around the bush. I mean, like, the tradition that I, I like to orient towards is, like, how a Taoist who's trying to live for a long time and become a real good contribution is going to be ex- harvesting their herbs and extracting their herbs. You know, that's an orientation, but I don't try and, like, overly romanticise it that we're by the book, um, but we do the, absolutely, like, the best we can. And, you know, like, I think, you know, I, I mean, I... It takes a lot of energy. So that's why Superfeast kind of herbs speak for themselves because there's a line, there's lines we won't cross. And because I don't have investors and because I don't have a mindset that got in late to the market and needs to, needs to shimmy in order to capture the market, I'm already established. I was when it wasn't cool, when it wasn't booming. Um, I know how to communicate the herbs, whereas a lot of people don't. So I've got a very different business strategy to the people that are jumping on board now. Not a better one, just a different one. A lot of people jumping on now are just going to have to serve, you know, service parts of the community which are am not accessible to. Which, um, and a lot of them do find their way to supervise eventually. That's the thing, you know. We're not, a, we're not, we might not be organic because it's just not realistic for us to do organic when we have such micro farms that we're using. We don't use these big lot farms, which are really good. You know, if you want to, if you want to get like a a lot of organic reishi mushroom and supply hospitals or people in australia who won't who are just like no i won't get anything from china um then you that you need those big these big farms in like you know places like mushroom city in in um which are yeah good good quality product but i want you know like and i always i always like you know going to the you know the, the herbs that have that je ne sais quoi that you know there's the Taoists the didn't you know sit down at the bottom of the mountain and just be like, you know, there are shizandra here, let's go, like, let's just, like, all right, fine, we'll just stay here. You know, into the top of the mountain where the best shizandra was and the best, the most purest spring water and really robust tea, um, you know, tea trees were. So, and, you know, that's where they, why they were sacred spots because herbs and water were there. That's the sacred spot, you know, that's why it's, it's practical. And so that's what we're trying to do. Taoism isn't mm, yogis and caves and all that, you know, that's like all yogis and caves may be a little bit different, but you know, the Taoist, you know, it's not different to the intention we have, or even, you know, like the, I think, you know, the intention the yogis have, we're just trying to better ourselves based, you know, based on the context of the world that we're living in, you know, just try and make it like a little bit easier to live in our skin, you know, evolve ourselves, our emotions, our minds. That's what the herbs are all about. So that's where our farms are in the places where in the old text that, that I mentioned before, they said, you know, you go to this province, you get best race, you go to this province and this microclimate. And then the spore needs to come from that microclimate, you know, it can't be, you know, and so there's like, you know, there's like there's dancing around this conversation. Like it's not easy, but you know, you don't, not, not dancing around. I mean, there's a nuance to the conversation, but the rule is for D DDAO, if you want to say it, that spore needs to come or that seed or however you're planting that crop, if it happens to be a, a, a micro farm that we're dealing with and not a wild herb, needs to come from that area. And that's where the difference of a lot of the time between Superfeast is that we will we'll adhere to that practice. But more so, we won't just go, oh, see the old text that says you need to go to this province and that's where you get your Reishi from in your D-Dow, earth dow you know your original original source of the herb where the spirit will come through and be present and it'll be you know, most beneficial to to the to the whole system you know i just are oh, cool i'm in that province that province is a big place and has like mountains and valleys and you know and so a lot of the time you know and again realistically de- like the organic ones will go closer to industry where you can get a huge farm going but That's not DDAO, but, you know, you'll see people say that it's DDAO and whatever, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter because the word, the terminology is getting out there and there is, I guess there is nuance, but there's not, Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like when you get to our level, there's no nuance, but I get, I remember when I would have started, I would have just kind of thrown things out. And then as you learn, as you go along, you're like, oh shit, this is actually, I can't, you know, I can't bullshit myself any longer. But going up into the crags of the microclimate that where the the text said it needs to come from, where the water is like pure as, right, you know, and they're exposed to the elements and the temperature, the atmosphere is that which is going to create a very adaptogenic substance and that's when we see like, yeah, I'm going kind of feel the spirit of the herd.
0: But it just made me think about actually where we live and how different, of like, we have such a different microclimate compared to Melbourne. And if you just go down the mountain, 15 minutes, completely different, you know, there is not those streams and, um, you know, almost temperate rainforest up here with the mist and everything. Like it's just a completely different feeling and the air is crisp. And, and this is literally, you know, just 45 minutes outside of a big city, Melbourne. (laughs) So yeah even that experiencing that it's you can see how evident that would
2: be mm. and i mean and and again it's just good distinctions and um and then and to get that you were saying about the glass it's like i'll call a spade a spade and sometimes i say things that you know i'd have to like refine the way i say them um later in context to competitors and i don't just say at night like I, but like you know sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade in terms of how it is and i'm serious about the fact that you know there's i've got you know people out there, i have friends i've had them on the podcast people who have these big organic farms and they're doing like really the best they can to get it like really really close but it's just so much easier because then you can pay your organic guy like it's expensive to get an organic guy to go out to like all these little farms like we're like how do you grow because people like think oh you're growing really fast i'm like ah uh, if i was growing really fast i would have been launched in america three years ago you know, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have taken three years to launch into an entire market. You know, that's how long. That's how slowly we are building. You know, this thing. But how do we do it? Because one farmer is, te- you know, doing D dal or you know, there's like you know, there's like maybe six established guys, and we're getting the creme and the creme like creme de la come over the reshi from them, and then we're growing in in um in uh, um, demand and so we they are educating and bringing industry more local in their village by educating people about how to de grow because they can only have so much capacity we will only work with independent farmers not groups not someone that owns a group of farms because all of a sudden you get into a completely different you know business structure but energetic as well Which just doesn't work for us. And so, you know, it's like you're going to get a better quality um, herb when, you know, it is on that micro scale. And then you can, you know, rather than, you know, bending to people that have that business mindset there, you know, it's like getting investors. Eventually, you're going to see some areas, you know, go down, which naturally just has has to happen when you scale. But we'd prefer to, to give like a premium price to the people who are you know coming up and starting to to grow, And, and so we, that's a relationship with my, my partners there is a relationship to ensure that DDAO has been adhered to. But that also just comes back to the fact that if you if you start doing something else, you're going to lose our business. You're not going to get a premium price because um, we the whole point of DDAO is you try it and you go, that's the, that's the best or there's something happened. It's not as good. And we just and and OK, so the that's such a better than like, no, it's organic like does it well how good is it no it's really good and it's organic it's like no no the first thing is how well it works then the organic comes second so for us to have to pay the organic people to go out to this, like now that little micro farm now that person it's like it's not a small it's not it doesn't it's not agile and so um we can say we're organic because we're tested in labs in China on site, and we test at um, Th- TGA Therapeutic Goods Association labs here for metals and aflatoxins, mycotoxins, and pesticides. And people can get those. Um, you you compare to um, FDA American levels and TGA levels of acceptable metals, and we're you know we're triple A clean. You know, like it's, so, there's just no problem there. And like so, um, I like organic being present, but um, and then yeah, in terms of extraction, I mean just for us we we revolve around a 10 to 1 and that's just basically we we don't want to focus on one constituent so a lot of the time if you're focusing on a particular constituent or active ingredient you're going to adjust the ratios you're going to use 20 kilos of or 50 kilos to get to one kilo that's the 50 to 1 20 to 1 10 to 1 how many kilos to one kilo of powder um kilo of mark raw herb kilo of powder extract um, in a lot, of, a lot of places pharmaceutically who want to match particular studies, which is fair enough, will adjust the ratio in order to get a particular of an active ingredient. And likewise, with mushrooms, you'll see that happening. It'll get adjusted in order to get a particular like 30% beta-glucan count because then that matches particular studies and so on, so on and so forth, which is all well and good. But again, for me, I like that's valid. But for me, I'm not in a Western scalpel mindset. And give attribution completely. I think it's healthy to know what how to beta glucans work. I don't like I don't not look at it. I love talking about them, but there are lots of constituents within the mushroom if you extract it completely and fully, and that means leaving the mark completely spent. And so, us revolving around that ten to one, because you got we got to scale at some point. And so for us, we have a starting point of 10 to 1, and across the board for our herbs, that gets us as close as possible with the adjustment, having, like, trained herbalists using a process called how-how, which is basically every anyone who's credible is going to adjust temperature, pressure, um, time, um, ratio of water to alcohol if both are needed to extract the fat solubles from the alcohol and water-soluble compounds from the water. And, and at the end, you know, and how many times you put that through in order to ensure that that mark so that reishi mushroom or that Shazandra comes out completely not able to get anything else out of it so that you know there's only so much you can fit into one kilo right and if you start at 10 to 1 and revolving around there and then adjusting our process we can get everything out into that one kilo so there's all these other constituents and energy there that haven't been identified and are playing roles that we don't know yet in the absorption and utilization of, say, beta glucans. All right. And that's what has been happening for thousands of years if humans are like that substance helps you move chi through this organ. And it's not the beta glucans that do it, it's the whole herb that does it. And so that's why how we relate to not pulling a scalpel, putting a scalpel to the herbal extraction, but trying to bring the whole thing forth, which is just our approach and really helps when you're taking them long term some people will need the 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 supercritical extractions of um you know of a constituent if you know in disease states or they might need to feel that little bit more synthetic hit not to say that you don't get a hit sometimes herbs as you as you know but that's not the point the point is long-term cultivation and so that type of full spectrum extraction is what works for us yeah
0: that makes so much sense And um, I know you touched a little bit on this, but in terms of the difference between having it end up as a powder extract but using um, alcohol in the extraction process versus, like, you know, having an actual tincture with alcohol, you know, mushroom extract.
2: Yeah. I mean, so tinctures are generally going to be, like, either like a one-to-one. So, you pack a a vat or a jar or whatever with, like, full. And so, it's, like, one part... Mark mushroom and then one part ethanol, like whatever alcohol medium you're using. Uh, most of them commercially are going to be like, you know, two to one if it's a little bit strong, you know, um, a little bit um, stronger, like so, like two parts alcohol to one part. And then most of them then are going a bit like you are going to go to like four to one or five to one or 10 to, to one part mark. And obviously, you're going to get like a weaker, you know, um, a weaker tincture. But um, not to say that I'm not, but that's not to say that tinctures are weaker than powder. It just kind of go like that, just giving you a differentiation of the process that goes into um, getting getting a tincture because you can just control it with dose, as you know, as well in terms of getting the strength. Um, so that's very different. We don't do that. We have um, a combination of alcohol and water that goes in to ensure that basically we just want to get everything and and also the volume of water and um and alcohol in, in in total and so you can see the intricacies it you can't just set and forget and it's the same for every mark for every herb, the intricacy and so it's just like oh that's a 10 to 1 and that person has a 10 to 1 it's like no it's like it, we have bad ass herbalists who understand these herbs and are fine tuning and have you know patented parts of the of the whole process you know as they go along and other people do as well I'm not saying we're you know like there's other people you know I'm not we're we're different in the market in Australia but you know I'm not saying there's no one else in the world doing it you know that's 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 ridiculous um, we're doing it very well um, and so but you know you can see the difference between like packing a tincture in that way and it going from like a you know two to one in that sense versus you know a ten to one in in our sense. Um, it's different. I mean, tinctures have the alcohol left in a lot of the time, unless you're using like a glycerin or something like that, which um, I personally don't mind at all in general, like as a like as I think it's an important part of herbal extraction. And I like it. In, I like I make my own tinctures and I like popping them in my mouth and the alcohol gets it past that barrier and into the blood really quick. Um, other people don't want any alcohol. if They've got liver disease and stuff like that, which is like fair enough for kids. And so they can just pull it off. Um, but sometimes, you know, I like medicating myself with a tincture, but it's it's medicating, you know. It's hard to kind of be an, a natural human in your kitchen flow. You know, you can't imagine, I can't imagine like, you know, this is, is, is going to be a weird, you know, stretch, right? because you wouldn't ever, I'll jump ahead where I'm going to finish. You won't see an Italian mama putting a reishi extract into a, into a bolognese. But I definitely, I can think it's closer to resonance. You can't see like an Italian mama going, oh, you know, I'm going to take my tincture, you know, like, and, and, like and popping four drops of a tincture in the mouth versus putting like a medicinal mushroom that has flavors that you can connect with into, into a spag bowl, which is how a lot of mums do it. Right. So it's, I like the powdered extracts because it's a little bit more in resonance with general lifestyle flow. You can bring a little bit more easy romance into, into integrating it into like a culinary or, you know, kind of like a creative space. Yeah. Which you can do with tinctures, but again, you feel more, I've done for so long, you feel biohacky like, you know, like, which is, not poo-pooing, as is just the direction my business has gone in. You know, we just came out with capsules. I mean, there's nothing you know like <laughs> no, you know the Italian mum will probably would take capsules. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like it's just they're just different approaches, I guess. And, and yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, that answers it perfectly. And um, I think you know, like the mushrooms, as you s- said about um, why you don't do, you know a certain percentage of beta-glucans and stuff, but in terms of some of the herbs like ashwagandha where, um, you know, a lot of that is standardized is yours or do you, um, is it like probably a good reason for that?
2: Same thing. Yeah. You know, that's why it tastes so bad. Yeah. (laughs) It tastes really bad. Um, but yeah, same deal. I mean, and yeah, like that's, there's a big, the standardization of ashwagandha, um, is again the studies are there, so it makes sense, and it's, that's how you do it to get clinically, you know, validated. And quite often, things that get clinically used in a Western sense, maybe a naturopathic sense, and then they can, if if it's an appropriate herb like ashwagandha in the Ayurvedic um, tradition is a Rasayana, so tonic herb, and then it starts dribbling out into lifestyle, and then the you know, then it starts you know, people try to medicate with it, and then realize you should probably be. In the, you know, under, you know, if you've got like thyroid stuff, you'd probably be under the care of a practitioner, but then people who aren't sick start getting into it and then the performance people start getting into it. And then that's the, the process of it starts going out. So it starts at that isolation of a constituent. And then eventually, yeah. um, eventually where it gets to is everyone growing their own. But then having a little bit of you know you have a little bit of like say like ours which is like a D dash there to get like a real you know to get connected to the land. But some people at some point have pure pure you know I do as well have times of pure you know purity where you just want to connect just to the soil. You know you might become a little less busy when you're really busy. This is, I kind of felt the relevance of Superfeast at some point when I had the mums yelling at me going stop telling me to go and harvest my own turkey tail like I'm not doing it and you know. And then people go, why don't you grow here in Australia? And I explain that about you know, the scale and the reality. It's just not, you know, there's people doing it, but the level that I and the quality I want right now, it's not realistic. And I'm also dumb doing Taoist herbalism. That's my thing. I the 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 Aboriginal um, the the there's no texts. You know, it's not like China. And so I don't it's not out there for the world yet. I don't have access to it. I don't have a right to it. Um I'm very uh, yeah. I'm so. I started thinking I was going to be Taoist and, and and indigenous herbs that would like come out, and it was just it's just not there. I want to support it. I definitely and I and I support um um many um mob led initiatives, but you know there's like that's not realistic yet, and and it's, and it's not the same herbal tradition, and it's not the same philosophy, and it's not the same approach. And Taoist herbalism and the approach. Is very relevant um, to Western world in bringing in some inclusions of herbs and ways of thinking and philosophy that is going to lead us, hopefully, less just le- a little bit less towards institutional, you know, like reliance in terms of drugs and surgery and all those kinds of things. I, I like I like you know, do I like institutions of knowledge and wisdom, but I don't like complete external reliance, and that's something that can happen as well. People come out of the health scenes, and all of a sudden they become. Overly reliant on the world of, um, the, you know, the the realm and institute of psychology, or mm. the realm of Western medicine, or mm. whatever yeah. it is,
0: or scientific papers to validate anything.
2: Yep, and and yeah. that's a, that's another that's another um, dogma.
0: Yeah,
2: mm. and, um, yeah, whatever. You know, that's that's everyone's everyone's got their own little path, and sometimes they've only got enough stamina to go and keep on going. Sometimes people just need to land somewhere for a few years as well, and I definitely um, as long as they don't you know as long as i i think for myself as long as i'm staying really intentional around not becoming projecty about the current beliefs and i don't get self righteous around it then i have every right to land somewhere and just ground for a while but just you know, just get off you know just you know get off the pedestal if you're going to if you're going to do that i feel it's
1: probably healthy mm definitely there's um there's a lot more there we would love to unpack but just from a time time constraint <laughs> way there's um i think we'll um put a cap on it now for that and i guess what would it be great to would be for you um if there's anything else that you feel you- pressing that you'd love to share mm-hmm. in regards to, I guess, nutrition or anything, really? And also, where it's a great place for people to learn more about yourself and Superfeast as well? Where'd you like to send them to?
2: Um, yeah, superfeast.com.au is the Australian website there. It's a cool place for everyone to go and check us out. And then, yeah, po- Superfeast podcast is where me and my wife, Tani, um, kind of co-host, um, not together, like you guys. We the load <laughs> yeah it's
0: great
2: <laughs> um it's one week i'll do the other or sometimes she'll do four in a row i'll do four in a row a good system. <laughs> you know, just like whatever we can like whatever we can muster yeah. at this point
0: yeah. but that's a really good yeah.
2: resource i think for everyone to get a little bit more of a under if they you know if any of this is you know enjoying any of this it's you know i do flesh it out a lot on the podcast um Yeah, call Superfeast or write to us on Superfeast Instagram. Like, if you don't know where to start, we're super accessible. You don't have to be like what you know. We're not a company that makes you feel like it's an inconvenience. We really like hearing from you, so just call or email or write to us on Instagram. Um, My personal Instagram is Mason J Taylor. Um, That's where I am being a scallywag and um, just I need to I I like you know I'm I I need to go out and have experience. That's how I learn. I don't learn by going in a lot of the time. This is like someone who can relate to. You know, I go out by having experiences and then coming back and consolidating and seeing. and so i got to be extra careful of everything I've talked about because sometimes I can go too far. Um, but, yeah, I've needed to go out and explore, like, you know, just being a scallywag and being silly and doing some skits and, you know, doing memes and commentary on the health scene in general. And so, yeah, that's what you'll find there. Don't expect it to be a very serious place. Um. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what to leave everybody with, I, I just, you know, I just, I, I think, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, maybe you listen to this and you're like, cool, cool, cool. Um, but if you find yourself going, yeah, you know, I do this and that, like, you know, like, yeah, that's right. I'm landed at this point and that's healthy. And I've gone through that process. Challenge yourself then to be like, hmm, you know, this is acknowledge you have landed and you're grounded somewhere stop commentating where you're at and giving it validity. You know, become comfortable where you are, but stop watch your little, you know, like your rote terms and things you say to make you feel comfortable for where you're at, you know, you know. So I just if you if there's any of that little justification energy, just accept the perpetual motion, you know, machine that you that you are. And yeah, it's probably it's a good year to ground. Um, and it's a really good year to let go. Look into um, year of the yin metal ox. It's like, um, it's a really good time to identify and drop, um, you know, when you, you ground first and you identify what's been really useful and healthy and then, and then ploughing forward, what you know what may be time to orient yourself towards and then you can start like dropping particular commentaries and you know we do this every year in autumn but you know we're going to come up into autumn here down here anyway and it's a it's a metal year and an ox year where it's really methodical and I feel like that's the you know don't expect heaps of like you know out there bursting transformations necessarily I don't think anyway you know if if you're aligning to like that you know, that, um, that that lunar calendar and the, the the astrological meaning that comes down from it, which I like, you know, I always take it with a big grain of sea salt. But I do, I, you know, it's really fun. You know, it's really fun and it's really worth checking that out. I mean, we've got a blog up on Superfeast as well about it that Tani wrote. And it's just a nice, it's a nice one this year. Everyone's like, yeah, that's what I'm feeling anyway. I'm feeling of just like, just plonking down and just ploughing forward and making sure that I'm doing everything in a way that's going to take me towards a place where I'm going to have a a, a big harvest, but I don't need the harvest right now.
1: Perfect, I love that. That's so good. And again, um, Super Feast Radio the podcast as well. We are huge fans of that, and that's a podcast that we find it's incredible amount of knowledge that it's digestible as well, and mm. we highly recommend that. At part, and, and as well as our podcast yeah, it goes as well, so <laughs> much um,
0: further than just talking about the adaptogens and mushrooms and stuff which is yeah incredibly yeah. in-depth information too
1: <laughs> that holistic approach that we uh we're all down for as well as so a sustainable way of living so again thank you so much for um taking time out to chat with us today mason's it been an awesome conversation and again i guess with super feast people can go check that out as well and it's for us it's become part of our sort of nutritional sort of diet and lifestyle now too so again thank you so much for that
0: thanks for joining us
1: If you're enjoying our show so far, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode.
0: And it means a lot to us if you leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as well as share this with friends and family, which will help us get this crucial knowledge out there.
1: If you'd like to connect with us, head on over to Instagram at liveholisticallyau, where you can learn more and ask us anything. See See you next time. time.